Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back everybody. It's our number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Ulrich with you. Second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Digitex has our office printer and supply needs covered. They do it all. They can be doing it all now for you. Tell you that some guests in the show received gift certificates from Japanese Village, three locations downtown, south side and north side. We have some breaking news in the NHL world, but not involving the Edmonton Oilers and not involving a player. Instead, uh... Barry Trotz has resigned as head coach of the Washington Capitals. Apparently, there was an automatic uh, two-year kicker that went in on an extension. If the Capitals won the Stanley Cup, they did, but the kicker was at below market value for head coaches. I just received an email from uh, Gil Scott, who is the representative for Barry Trotz. uh, This is a uh, quote uh, from Barry Trotz, who, of course, guided the Washington Capitals Stanley Cup championship. After careful consideration and consultation with my family, I'm officially announcing my resignation as head coach of the Washington Capitals, says Barry Trotz. When I came to Washington four years ago, we had one goal in mind, and that was to bring the Stanley Cup to the nation's capital. We had an incredible run this year, culminating with our uh, players and staff achieving our goal and sharing the excitement with our fans. Uh, that is uh, part of a quote from uh, Barry Trotz. It says he liked to thank the players and staffs who were tirelessly, uh, tirelessly every day to achieve our success. Brendan, are you choked? That's your team, the Washington Capitals, not bringing back their head coach. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, Barry Trotz was a big reason why they won the Stanley Cup. And, uh, I mean, it's interesting. It always seemed like something else was going on there behind the scenes. And yeah. it is still surprising after you win the Stanley Cup that they couldn't work it out. Yeah. Well... Uh, maybe next time don't have the associate coach already signed to an extension when the head coach isn't. That's kind of a rule of thumb, right? All right, uh, heading off to our River Cree Resort and Casino hotline. River Cree has Nazareth, August 10th. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. We welcome back to the show the Oilers Director of Player Personnel. He uh, uh, works on heading up the draft along with uh, Keith Gretzky and the staff, Bob Green. Hello, Bob. How are you? I'm doing good, Bob. How are you? Good. A little bit surprising on Barry Trotz, eh? Winning the Stanley Cup and the Caps can't get a uh, extension done there? Yeah, yeah. That is a big surprise, to be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, the, when, do, when does the scouting staff head down to Dallas? We're heading down on Wednesday. So you guys go down Wednesday. Hmm. Wow. Uh, didn't know that. The web. I know uh, one of the Oilers uh, PR guys is heading there today, and uh, we're all flying in tomorrow. We got to do some some hits for Oilers TV starting Wednesday. At this stage of the game, have you guys pretty much finalized your list for the say top ten or top twelve players for that first yeah, round? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's close. I mean, we're still going to have some discussion on, on Thursday and, and Friday uh, Friday morning on it. Um, talk a little bit more about the combine. Uh, we had our meetings before the combine, so you know we'll talk a little bit about the combine, and we'll we'll get some feedback from uh, some guys. Uh, you know, just had some time since our meetings to digest everything that was discussed there and take a look at the list. But but overall, we're we're pretty close. 
Do you look to something like, uh, as an example, uh, Bob McKenzie's top 10 has just come out this morning uh, for the draft, and, you know, he talks to guys from multiple NHL organizations. Um, Do you end up, uh, how closely do you follow those sort of things? Yeah, we look at those things for sure. I mean, they're they're always interesting. Kind of gives you a picture of maybe uh, you know what other teams are thinking. There, you know, you always try and and figure things out. I don't know if it's just you know just part of a game or something. But you know, you always look at what other teams are trying to project what other teams are going to do and try to figure out who you're going to get. So yeah, it's interesting to always look at those things. Well, one of the guys that's officially raised himself into the top five, according to McKenzie, is Jesperi Kotkaniemi. He's a centerman out of Finland, had a great U18 championship uh, with Finland. I know you guys, I got the sense, had some appreciation for his uh, talents as well. Just a thought, uh, the uh, McKenzie top ten has Rasmus Dahlin at one, Andrei Svechnikov at two, uh, Kachuk at three, Zadina at four, and Kakanami at five. Uh, we'll start with at number one and two. No surprise that Dahlin and Svechnikov uh, likely to go in those two spots, Bob? No, no surprise at all. They're both very good hockey players and certainly uh, you know worthy of going in those two spots. All right. So a lot of people think the draft starts with Montreal at three. Uh, a lot of the Canadians media think they're all over Jesperi, Cock, and Um Is there any way to underscore the importance of centers? And is that why guys like Cock and Amy and maybe a Barrett Eiton as centermen have uh, seen their value in their stock rise here? Yeah, that probably helps. I mean, they, and they both had solid years too. Um, there's no question about that. But but there's a there's a a strong value put on centermen, and uh, you know those two kids are you know there's a, probably the best two centermen in the draft, and and uh, and with the type of finishes they had, uh, you know Barrett Hayden went on a good run with Sault Ste. Marie, even though they didn't get to the Memorial Cup, he was still part of a, a real good run for them, and and like you said earlier, Kotkaniemi had a great under 18. Well, he certainly did. So there's a, a couple centermen there. Um, what when you when you look at the defense? I mean, uh, Mackenzie's got Dobson six, Bouchard second or seventh, uh, and a lot of people thought Adam Boquist was going to be the number two defenseman to go in the draft. Uh, you mentioned Memorial Cup. Dobson wins the Memorial Cup. Uh, are, are you surprised that that list has uh, Dobson and Bouchard as the number two and number three defensemen on the board after Boquist uh, halfway through the year appeared to be uh, probably the, the defenseman that was going to go second? Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, they all had such good years. It's it it, it really split in hairs when you're comparing a lot of these guys. Um, you know, Dobson certainly played as as long as you can in junior, and then you know was a big part of their Memorial Cup win, so that certainly helped him uh, elevate himself. And, and uh, you know, it's 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 tough. Like it it, it depends what what teams like, what they want, what they value more. Um, you know, all three guys are offensive guys, and uh, you know if you if you value the size, you might look at the other two guys. And, and you know, but it really, when you get to that level of player, you're, you're splitting hairs in a lot of cases. Uh, I mean, here's here's a question for you, Bob. You got a guy like Quinn Hughes who represented the United States during the World Hockey Championship. He played for Jeff Blashler. Uh He certainly showed that he's you know he's quick, he can make plays, but he's a little bit undersized. And then you have a guy like Boquist who's undersized. He's a right shot. He had some success at the U18. Then you have a guy like Ty Smith who's a left shot. 
you know, Canada didn't knock it out of the park there, and he was the captain of that team. How, you know, how difficult is it to compare and contrast kids that are maybe playing in the World Championship versus a kid that's playing on a U18 uh, team, and then one kid that maybe had some offensive success in the U18 versus uh, another kid that didn't have a lot of success at the U18? I mean, is this why having those previous looks at him during the course of the year matters so much, and maybe you shouldn't read too much into uh, tournament plan, that sort of thing? Well, every time you see a guy play, uh, you're going to evaluate him. There's no question about it. We watch these kids for seven months, um, you know, and then what you see at the end of the year registers in your mind for sure. You know, there's always factors you have to take into consideration. Uh, you know, the European kids are they're geared up more for the for the uh, for the World Championships. You know, it's the way their season is set up. But World Championships are, are a huge thing in, in Europe. They start their seasons earlier and. They finish their seasons earlier, you know, some those kids have, and, and the older guys, too, for the men's, you know, they, they want them to have energy and and something left in the tank to go play in the world because it's very important there. And uh, in Ty Smith's case, you know, he had a long playoff series in Portland and he played a ton in that series. I'm not sure, you know, how much energy he had left, and that can be the case. You know, for a lot of those Canadian kids, because they just got out of playoff series, and they they made the trip to Russia, and and uh, you know, so fatigue was probably a factor in a lot of the kids' case over there. Uh, you know, they lost one game in that tournament, just happened to be the last one in the quarterfinals. You don't play any further than that, but uh, you know, you got to gauge kids playing in those tournaments with Quinn Hughes. You know, with it, he played well there, and. Then you have to look at that, but, you know, you also, we saw him at the World Juniors, and we saw him play in Michigan, so, you know, you take all those things into consideration, for sure. What do you like about uh, Quinn Hughes' game? Uh, and then uh, I'll ask you the, the same about Dobson and Bouchard, and, and I'm going to assume that you'd probably think at least two, if not all three of those guys might be gone by the time the Oilers draft. Uh, Quinn Hughes, I mean, his, his game revolves around his skating. He's a very elusive skater. He's he can beat forecheck with his feet, which is important in, in this game. And, uh, you know, and, and that's the biggest part of his game. That's the strength in his game. He's good at the point. He doesn't have an overwhelming shot, but he's got a good shot. He gets it through, and he, he can find the net with it. And, and it's a little bit sneaky. He, he knows how to get it away. He can, you know, he can walk the line with the puck. He, his vision is good in the offensive zone. He, you know, at times he overhandles the puck a little bit. It's probably something that he's been able to do over the years as a younger player because he's probably so much better than everybody else that he's playing against, so that's something that he's got to work on and, and you know, something that he talked about at the Combine when we when we interviewed him. But, you know, overall, he's a tremendous talent and, and uh, you know, the type of defenseman that's, that's geared to, you know, moving the puck and, and bringing some offense to your team. Dobson and Bouchard, just a quick thought on those two? Yeah, I mean, Bouchard's a high-end offensive guy with a terrific shot and really moves the puck well and really thinks the game at a high level. Um, tremendous amount of poise. There's zero panic in his game. and You know, he's very good with the puck. And um, Dobson is probably a, a little bit of both. He's, he's a strong skater, big kid, right shot. He shoots the puck well, um, defends pretty well, um, you know, and he's got a ton of upside as well. So, uh, you know, 
we'd be happy if any one of those three guys. All right, uh, a couple guys that we're you know we're hearing Bolquist has maybe fallen a bit. He's a right shot. Uh, we've heard some concerns about his defensive ability, uh, but maybe uh, a thought on Ty. You talked about the length of Smith's season. What does Smith do well? What does Bolquist do well? Uh, Ty Smith has got a well-rounded game. He's he's a left shot, but I like him better on the right side. I, I think he's way more effective over there, and that's where he played. You know for most of the year anyway in Spokane. Um, whenever I saw him play there, he was on the right side. He, you know, he just does everything well. He, uh, he's he got leadership ability. He can he can beat the forecheck with his feet. He can move the puck. He can, his transition game is good. Um, the power play is more of a playmaker than he is a shooter. He doesn't have a great shot. That's the one the one part of his game that, that he needs to work on is a shot. Uh, Boquist is is very similar to a lot of these guys. Maybe more to use, you know, with his feet. He's a very good skater, moves the puck very well uh, at the point. Again, he doesn't have an overpowering shot, but it's effective um, getting it through and walking the line and finding shooting lanes and, and making plays. And, you know, he likes to join the rush and, and uh, you know he can carry the puck the length of the ice and make a play inside the blue line. And then, like you said, his defending needs some work. All right, so that's a look at some of the defensemen that might be in the range there. Uh, there there's question marks about Baird Heighton's offensive upside, but I saw him score some highly skilled goals for Sault Ste. Marie. Can you maybe provide some perspective on him, Bob? Yeah, I like him too. Um, you know, the offense, I, he played on a real good team, and they had some high-end guys on that team. and. You know, he probably played a little bit lesser role than maybe he would have uh, on, a, on a lesser team. So I think it's, it's you know, you got to be careful getting a read on that. He can really shoot the puck. He's got a great release, a lot of velocity on his shot. Um, you know, he's got a lot of grease in his game. He's he's good around the net. He doesn't mind engaging in a battle and, and, and you know, battling a loose puck in front of the net and going to the tough areas to score. Uh, he played in every situation there. He killed penalties. He, he played in their power play. Um, you know, there there wasn't a lot that he didn't do for them, and uh, you know, he would they, when they needed him to to move up in the lineup, he was able to do that with no problem. And and uh, you know, overall, you know, he had a great year. He's a good hockey player. Uh, the Oilers have had some challenges with Russian players. Uh, they took Nail Yakupov number one, Bob. Uh, you know, he might not even play in the NHL this year. Uh, Yakimov went back to the KHL uh, rather quickly. Uh, Slepeshev, those guys are both third-round picks. Tell us about Vitaly Kravtsov. What do you like about his game? Well, I mean, he's typical. He's a highly skilled guy. He didn't put up a lot of points in in uh, the KHL, but, I mean, it's a tough league for a young guy to play in. Um, he had a pretty good run in the playoffs. He's a big guy. He skates pretty well. He's got good good uh, skill with the puck. He, he's pretty responsible without it. Um, he's a little bit of an unknown. He really made some strides late in the year, but he's a little bit of an unknown. Okay, and just uh, would there be any hesitation taking a goaltender as high as the second round? I mean, you got Skinner last year in the third round. Um, you know, some people don't have any of the goalies ranked in the top 45, Bob. Yeah, uh, you know what? It, it, it always depends on who else is there. I think when you get to that point, um, certainly there's a couple guys we like. Um you know, if it made sense with our second pick, that we would look at it for sure. But there's, um, you know, it would depend on who else is around. All right. Awesome stuff, Bob. We appreciate your time. We look forward to seeing you in Dallas, Texas. All right. Enjoy the barbecue, Bob. I know you're going to head there tomorrow night at some point. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, you're giving away all the trade secrets. <laughs> Thanks, boss. Uh, that's Bob Green, uh, Director of Player Personnel for the Edmonton Orders. We have a special guest coming up in uh, one minute's time. The agent for Barry Trotz. He represents some of the uh, uh, biggest coaches in the game, like uh, Bruce Boudreau. Uh, Gil Scott will uh, give us a four or five minute update on uh, Barry's situation. This is Orders Now. Gil Scott. Gil when Scott you want to fly up. your Orders colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB or more, Pro-Am Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a Pro-Am Sports Certificate of Authenticity and Hologram, you know it's 100% authentic. Hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, Pro-Am Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca That's ProAmSports.ca this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, it's 123 at Edmonton. Uh, spoiler alert from the World Cup. Here you go. They're in the second half, 62nd minute, tied 1-1 between England and Tunisia, and England has had ample opportunity to have added to a Harry Kane goal in the first uh, 20 minutes or so of the game, and they just they cannot score, and then they got uh, called for a... Uh, a penalty kick uh, that resulted in a Tunisian goal. So even though England's completely dominated the game, they're tied 1-1. Steve Sandor, who is a well-known Edmonton soccer pundit, will join us today at 1.35 to talk about Canada uh, being one of the three countries with the United 2026 bid to get the World Cup. But the uh, biggest news in the hockey world today on a show called Oilers Now is that Barry Trotz is not going to return. He has resigned as the head coach of the Stanley Cup champion, Washington Capitals. His agent is Gil Scott, who represents some of the uh, top people in uh, in the hockey business, as well as uh, the National Football League and the CFL. Gil Scott joins us right now uh, for a quick few minutes. Gil, thank you for taking time from your busy schedule. How are you doing? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Good. Uh, when we had you on, I think during the third round of the playoffs, you did infer this could be a possibility. Uh, and it seems strange uh, for fans to understand how a guy can win a Stanley Cup and not be back as the head coach. Uh, so educate our listeners on, on how something like this happens. Well, you know, it's pro sports and strange things sometimes do happen. Um, you know, he uh, he had a great run there. He uh he took over a team that wasn't in the playoffs when he got there. Four years, they finished had three first-place finishes in the division, two President's Trophies, and the Stanley Cup. And, uh, you know, he talked it over with his family and decided he thought it might be time to move on. Well, it's interesting. But, no coach in the league has won more games over the last four seasons than Barry Trotz in the regular season, 206, and he's the reigning Stanley Cup champ. I mean... Does he now automatic? I mean, your experience with this, would he automatically go to the top? Of, I mean, there's only one other team looking for a head coach right now, right? That's the Islanders? That's the Islanders, I guess, uh, who haven't named a head coach yet. That's true. Um, <clears throat> it will be interesting to see over the next few days if uh, if any others uh, decide to... Uh, Maybe make a Get change. Yeah, you know, he's available. Well, yeah. I mean, have you had a similar situation like this in the past, Gil? I mean, all the years you've represented coaches and managers, has something like this occurred before? Not, not quite like this. No, this is a little bit different. Um, you know, he uh, he had a great 
bunch of guys there. He enjoyed working with them, um, but it was just, you know, he just felt like it was time to move on. We and, uh, yeah. You know, some new horizons, wherever that may be. At this point, we don't know. Okay. Uh, We'll try and figure that out. And I know this is quite fresh uh, for you, Gil. Um, The fact is, we've also seen a substantive raise in coaches' salaries really over the last three years. And that kind of predated Barry going to Washington, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Everything changed after Mike Babcock signed in Toronto. And that's when... uh, that was a year after Barry signed in Washington, and that's when the escalation in salaries for coaches really started to take place. Yeah. So he's in a good spot here is what you're saying. Well, we hope so. We <laughs> hope so, yeah. Well, yeah we'll, we'll see what happens. You never know. And just a thought on Todd Nelson, who you represent as well, electing to take that position with the Dallas Stars, and why, uh, you know, why your advice to Todd was that was a good fit at that time. Well, Todd felt like he wanted to get back to the National Hockey League. Um, he had uh, played with uh, Jim Montgomery. They were close as friends over the years. Uh, he got excited about working with him. Felt like Dallas was a good place. Felt like they underachieved, that they had some talent on that club, and that they could you know, work their magic and get them in the playoffs and maybe do some damage. So he felt good about going there. Liked the idea of living in Dallas. And uh, culminated in him signing with the uh, Stars. Gil, uh, we appreciate you joining us on short notice, and uh, we will look forward to seeing you Wednesday night. Yep. Thanks, Bob. Okay, we'll talk to you. All right. Bye-bye. That is Gil Scott, and he represents Barry Trotz. And Brendan's shaking his head right now because he's the biggest Washington Capitals fan in the city of Edmonton. Uh, he represents Bruce Brudrow, uh, Todd Nelson, uh, Rocky Thompson, to name uh, some names that you would uh, be quite familiar with uh, here at Edmonton. 128 in Edmonton. Well, it's too bad Todd Nelson still wasn't around. That would be a guy maybe the Capitals would, would consider. If I think there, I think we all know who the head next, next head coach is. Oh, yeah. It's going to be Todd Reardon. Yeah. Isn't that the issue? Is that they be, they, you know, think about it, do the math here. No, it makes sense. So, just yeah, it's hard to stomach why he would leave there, but uh, clearly some issues off the ice. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Okay. You, you can tell by the less was more comments from Gil that. There's more there. Yeah. Okay. All right. 128 in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Uh, some soccer talk. Just long-term vision here on orders now when we return. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the great white north and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.